Welcome back to the Equipped Creatives Podcast. We're so excited you're here, and today we're going to be diving deep into one of our most requested topics, destination, wedding, and couples photography. Have you ever wondered, how do I book clients in a different state or country? What the heck do I even charge for destination wedding photography? And how do I attract my ideal clients? We're answering all of your juicy questions with the amazing Hannah Elise photo and photos by Sarah Marie today. So if you want to break into this market, this episode is for you. You're listening to the Equipped Creatives Podcast with Tony from Tony Marie Photography and Julia from Julia Kathleen Photography. Two girls from opposite coasts who started their photography passions in high school have since turned their hobbies into full-time photography and education businesses. Whether you're a photographer, creative entrepreneur, or you simply just want to hang out and talk about life together, you're in the right place. This podcast will leave you feeling inspired, prepared, and most importantly, equipped to take on your creative dreams. All right, welcome Hannah and Sarah to the Equipped Creatives Podcast. We are so excited that you guys are here with us today. Another best friend duo. We love to see it. So (laughs) tell us a little bit about yourself, guys, and your friendship. Hello. Hey, I'm Hannah. And I'm Sarah. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about yourself, ladies. (laughs) Don't be shy. (laughs) The awkward pauses are just, they're they're the vibe. They're the vibe. I love it. We'll cut them out. No, we'll cut cut out the awkward silence. I think we should keep them in. (laughs) All right, we keep them in. We keep it real here. We're going to keep it real today. I'll go first. Yes, yes. I'll go first. Okay, I'm Hannah. I am a wedding photographer based in Florida, and I also talked Sarah, which you'll hear from next, into also becoming a Florida wedding photographer because you yep. need your best friend to live where you live. So, absolutely, Tony and Julia, you guys got to get on that. We but, really do. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm a wedding photographer <laughs> based in Florida. I travel all over, and um, yeah, just specialize in destinations and have being best friends with Sarah. <laughs> Love that. Love it. it. Right. And then obviously I'm Sarah. I am now a new Florida photographer. Just moved from Tennessee like five months ago. And I also specialize in destination weddings, couples, elopements, the whole shebang. And love yeah, it. that's pretty much it. And I love obviously it. best friends with Hannah. <laughs> work yes, together yes. All the time. She's signaling signaling like, what about me? Yeah. She's, I was hey, like, don't I forget was about me. Hey. And do that, and I specialize in being best friends with Hannah. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Wait, how did you guys become best friends? Like, what's your friendship story? So we actually met at a workshop. (laughs) Stop. Did you really? Yeah. We were both speakers at a workshop. Um, We had a mutual friend, Kaylin. She was putting on a workshop in um, North Carolina for photographers, and so – we literally met there. We were just Instagram friends beforehand. Like, had we really did not very DM low key though, not really yeah. friends. No, we knew we of each, knew other. each other. Yeah, um, and then we just like end up chatting a little bit the first night. I think ever we just all kind of sat around the room and like got to know each other. And we, Sarah, has the most contagious laugh. Like, she's just so fun to be around. Oh. And I was just like. <laughs> Who is this? Like, because I, you know, you see each other on Instagram, but we, I really, like we said, we didn't really clo- follow each other super close. So yeah. I was like, oh, she's so fun. And I don't know, somehow we like conned our way into sharing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We didn't share a room, but I guess me and Caitlin were sharing a room and then oh. we just like no, stuck there. Yeah. Y'all had like a king size bed upstairs and I was downstairs and I just slept in the middle of the bed. <laughs> So cute. Yeah. And we just like told each other our life stories that first night. Literally, no joke, stayed up till 4 a.m. like the very first night yeah. talking. I, I mean, Caitlin. Like everything. Oh, soulmates. So and it was definitely one of those like camp friendships, kind of like it feels like, oh, we're here and we, you know, will it last? But genuinely, we like came home and I think we were both just so surprised because we started FaceTiming like literally all every day, day, every day, just truly hit it off. And we both kept kind of saying that we were both like filling a not like filling a void in each other's lives by any means. Like we both had a lot of great friends at the time and everything, but we were both kind of looking for that one friend that was like in our phase of life, married, dogs, a house, you know, that whole, that yeah. type of thing. And um, I mean, we both have a lot of friends that like were single or 
married with kids, whatever. But it was just really nice to be able to have like somebody to call up about the same things we were experiencing. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. So, so like-minded and that's something that Julie and I connected on from the start too. So I totally Mm -hmm. relate to that. And that's so sweet to find, especially in this industry, because we always say like, you don't have coworkers, you don't have a boss, like it it can be lonely. So to have friends that just kind of get it in that industry, like you can talk about things that, you know, you guys know you'll relate on is just like so special to have. So I love that. Yeah, Yeah. that's awesome. And it feels like even when we're having like off days, it it feels like God literally puts us in the same place at the same time, like without fail. Like if we're both having an off day or we're both like not booking a lot, we're both like get a cool inquiry. It always feels like it's on the same day. Wow. So I don't feel like there's ever been a day where I called Sarah and I was like, I'm having a really hard day. Like this wedding just fell through or – yeah, this is this is weird about this, and like that she wasn't like, oh my gosh, I get that, and maybe even if she wasn't having a bad day, she faked it for me, and that's what we love to see. So. That's <laughs> we love that's the mark friends. of a, a true best friend. I love it. <laughs> so yes. sweet. No, we match each other's energy. That's so important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> love it. Oh, well, um, I love it. I have to say, I love your guys's work so much. Such a big fan, and Aww. you guys are so just beautiful. Yes, I love like the the niche that you guys do as well, which is destination photography, which is what we're going to be chatting about today. And I just want to hear a little bit about like how you guys got into that market. I'd love to hear you know, how your stories are similar and different um, as far as like getting into that destination wedding photography space. Yeah. Okay. So I really started getting into destination weddings um, probably like a year and a half ago. I, it's something I'd always wanted to do, travel with something. It's always been a part of my life, like growing up, family vacations and through college, like I even studied abroad. And so when I went full-time with photography, I kind of learned, oh, like I can travel as a part of this. And so I just started using my Instagram to kind of advertise like, hey, I travel and just kind of like putting it out there, even though I never had before, you know, take it, say, make it. And I had this inquiry (laughs) for California and it wasn't until like, it wasn't for like a year and a half, but they ended up booking me for that. And I was, so excited about it. Um, and then after that, and I like was putting it on my story, like I booked a wedding in California, it just kind of like, like it snowballed from there. And I just like, kept talking about it. And I just kept booking more like destination and travel stuff. And yeah, I don't know. That's amazing. Yeah. So um, my story is definitely different because I didn't grow up traveling very much. Um, I lived in Pennsylvania till I was 10. Yeah, Tony. <laughs> hey, shout out. <laughs> yeah, so I lived in Pennsylvania till I was 10 and then I moved to Arizona. And so did like a little bit of traveling on the West Coast, like, you know, Colorado, like Nevada, um, California, stuff like that, but definitely didn't like – didn't get around that much. Like I still – to this day, I still have not seen the Pacific Northwest, which is just so weird. Like I don't know how I haven't ended up there, wow. but also I guess I just have such a beachy brand. It's still shocking yeah. to me. Yeah, I'm surprised. Um, I want to go so bad. Me and my husband like always plan to like get up there and like do a little road trip down the coast and stuff. Just hasn't happened yet. Yeah, and then I would travel back east to see family and stuff because that's where I grew up. But um, yeah, so definitely just kind of lived, like lived my life within the States basically. And I had a passport to basically go into Mexico because I lived right on the border of Mexico um, in Arizona. So yeah, just did very minimal traveling. But it was like truly all I wanted to do. Like I got the minute I got a Pinterest, like the only board on there was like my travel board. And I wanted to go see like the Cliffs of Moher and in Ireland. And I had like a giant um, picture above my bed in high school of a red bus, one of the double decker buses in London. And it was like the whole thing was black. <laughs> the whole thing was like black and white. And then just the bus was red. You guys know the ones? <laughs> exactly. Yep. I literally have it in my head. <laughs> you, know, you had the double decker bus. But yeah. So I, I really wanted to see the world, but I think when push came to shove, it just like didn't really seem to happen because I wasn't a very good saver in high school. So like my sister went on a trip to Vienna when she was 16 and like my mom would always be traveling and stuff, but I just, me personally never happened. And then um, got married in 19 and was poor for like the first year or two. So basically just did not get to travel. And then 
when I started like getting into photography and realizing like there was this whole world of people that like traveled and got paid for it, I could not believe it. I was like, that's the coolest thing ever. I want to do that. And I just like can't even, I can't overstate how like daunting it feels when you first realize that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. It genuinely just doesn't feel like a possibility for you. I think I, that's how I felt. I was like, yeah, that's so that's cool. very true. How would that ever be like me? And so, yeah, but I started, I think, you know, I want to say through hard work and then also just <laughs> God, I feel mm-hmm. like I started to talk about it more and just gain more confidence. And that wasn't really natural for me to be super confident and be like, trust me, like, let me take your pictures. And yeah, but I think over time, you just, I started realizing like, this is what it's going to take. Like, it's not going to happen with my, if I don't do anything. So just same thing as Sarah said, just started posting more on Instagram and talking about how I wanted to do it and talking about then I eventually started shifting, which I guess we'll talk about this later, but I started shifting from saying like, I want to do it to I do do it, <laughs> whether you do do it or not, mm-hmm. yeah. to use like special verbiage like that and stuff to just, you know, at the end of the day, same thing, communicate confidence um, because I think that's more important than a portfolio at the end of the day. So yeah. anyways. Yeah. No, I love that. I love the differences between your stories, but also like the overlap of it and what you just said about confidence, I feel like leads me into my next question, which was going to be like, for somebody like the photographer that's listening, who wants to get into destination wedding photography, but they're only booking like local weddings, what would your advice be to that person? And like, what are some strategies that you feel like you have found over time has helped you guys? Um, Yeah, I don't think it's the end of the world, honestly, if somebody doesn't have a big stacked portfolio or a big impressive feed with lots of destinations on it. Um, I can personally just say that that wasn't my, that wasn't my story. That wasn't my experience. I didn't have some big portfolio. I had quite literally only shot um, in Alaska before I booked Greece, Italy, two Cancun weddings, like Bahamas. Like I basically booked a full year of like my dream weddings just based off of talking about it, like I said, confidently on Instagram and saying like, hey, I do this and just being repetitive and like a broken record. So no, I think that's such good advice. Same for me too. Like I had only shot really like Tennessee, just smaller weddings, barn weddings. And I wanted to just get out of that. And it's just the talking about it repetitively on Instagram and someone took a shot with me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and once you have yeah. one, like it totally snowballs. Yes. Um, literally, yeah. like every time I just think about like how I got into destination weddings and like how I've gotten to where I am now. And I don't say it to be like narcissistic or like, wow, look at me. But like I genuinely mm-hmm. do get destination inquiries fairly often. I mean, I'm not going to sit mm-hmm. here and be like, I get three a day or anything crazy like that. But I mean, I genuinely get enough to where I feel like traveling is a lot. It can be exhausting and stuff and I don't want to be gone every weekend all over the world right. maybe that's some people's cup of tea but it's not mine so like it work how many for how many inquiries I get it works for like how much I want to travel which is like a few big trips a year and then maybe like little like little tropical destinations in the filler months so anyways yeah I would definitely just say to just stay really consistent on their Instagram and not get discouraged by the fact that they only have picture in a field pictures in a field or um, pictures in downtown or something like that. I think the quality of your work can speak for itself and people can do the, people can Im- take your work and imagine it in another country. Like they can do sure. the mental yeah. work. And to, if you get an inquiry for somewhere really cool and they don't book you, like don't get discouraged and it's not the end of the world. I mean, I remember it was like two years ago, I got an inquiry for Spain and I was like, wait, this is the coolest thing ever. But they did not, I don't even think they responded to me when I like, <laughs> first emailed them back and I was like like when I got the inquiry I was like I made it baby like yeah. this is it and then they never emailed me back I was like okay cool, cool cool but I was like you know if you get like one inquiry you're gonna get another I mean even if mm-hmm. you've never gotten a cool like your dream destination inquiry like you will get it eventually you just have to like stay consistent like Hannah said like on Instagram and continuing yeah. to talk about it but it'll happen yeah, actually, do you guys? I'm curious now. Do you guys feel like you both travel around the same amount each year, or is it different? 
I would say Sarah might maybe travels a little bit more than me domestically because I feel Mm -hmm. like there's been so many times where I've been like, you're going where for what? Like an engagement session. Like she's like always down to just like hop on a flight. And I'm definitely a little bit more like, oh, I'm going to be gone from my husband and my dogs. Like, I mean, I do travel (laughs) a fair bit and I think it's definitely leveled out a little bit, I would say. Probably this year it'll be just about the same. Yeah, I'm honestly like – I feel like I've taken – like I'm a little less just I want to be gone every weekend. Like the past year and a half I was down to pretty much take everything. It was just like, oh, yeah, like let's do it. And now I'm like, well, no, maybe not. (laughs) I don't know. I like being home more. For sure. It definitely takes a toll on your body. Wait, sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying it it totally takes a toll on your body and I feel like that's yes, something that like most lot. people they glamorize it they're like oh my gosh like traveling every single day is, is so amazing but there's there's like it, and it is it is <laughs> but there's also times where I'm sure you guys can relate that it's like a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's, no, it's actually the worst. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know it's what? So fun, but- I was going to say like I'm glad you guys are actually talking about this side of things. Because I think that it's it, it should be talked about like every side of it for people who want to get into something because you should know what you're getting into. And there's pros and cons to every job, right? So I feel like yep. the the downside of being a destination wedding photographer is like the things that you guys are saying. Like I think just the, the realness that you're bringing to the conversation is very helpful for people because they don't always hear that side of things. And we want to keep it real here with with you guys at Equipped Creatives. Like we want to, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. help you guys really have like set expectations of what you really want. Like ask ask yourself why you want to get into destination wedding photography. If this is a topic that um, is interesting to you, which most likely it is if you clicked on this episode and want to know more about it um, and how to kind of really like manage it on top of being a business owner. So I don't know. I just feel like it's good that you guys are talking about like the both sides of the coin. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. percent. My husband always kind of says too, like whenever I, I go to like take a destination wedding or discuss pricing with somebody, especially in the beginning, I was always just like, I'll go for nothing. Like I'll cut off my right arm to go. Like I'll pay you. You know, like so willing. And, my husband always kind of brought me down to earth a little bit. Like, obviously, he was super excited for me. And, I mean, I, I definitely didn't make a profit the first few. But he always kind of says, too, like, you have to think about the days you're giving up just traveling and being away from home. You can't take shoots. You, like, yeah. you're spending so much money eating out. Like, it is genuinely can be very expensive. And so just besides, you know, even if somebody covers your flight, your stay, your your Airbnb, like your transportation, whatever, it can be – it can still just add up with food and then the, the time that you're not home, like to be able to like make money at home, the shoots you can't take, stuff like that. So there's a lot that goes – definitely goes into like even just factoring out your pricing but also just like being gone, being away from home. Yeah. So mm-hmm. – Yeah. That's so no, true. exactly. It's definitely a lifestyle for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how, so how do you guys attract – your ideal client um, that is either looking to have a destination wedding or looking to fly you out somewhere? Um, I actually was thinking about this the other day because I love to spend a lot of time on Pinterest and I've been making, I'm actually very proud of it, I've been making a little Europe wedding week board. And let me just say, not to toot my own horn, but it's immaculate. To your own horn. I want to see it. (laughs) Beautiful. Okay. I have to show you guys at some point because it is truly so pretty. I've just been like – and it's so nice. I will say it's not really actually me at all because Pinterest, as soon as you pin one thing, it gives you like 10 more that are like it. Yeah, yeah. So I I just pretty much scroll my like for you page of Pinterest and see what it gives me. And the more I pin on that board, like the more I get. But it's just like little ways to to an attract – to an attract. <laughs> to attract. You got ways to attract an ideal client could be anything from sharing a little like screen recording of scrolling a Pinterest board. Love or, that. Um, posting yeah. like inspo on your stories. What you put out there and, and say, I think this is pretty. I think this is cool. I think this is really unique. Like this would be so like epic for a wedding, whatever. That is going to – 
attract the people that are tapping through. They're like, wait, I love this too. It's going to get the wheels in their brain turning. They're going to be like, okay, let me go look at her feed some more. Like you're just grabbing somebody's attention. Maybe they quick followed you from one of your posts or reels or whatever. But now they're like engaging with you as a human being and just as you share styles and stuff like that. So yeah, I would say just kind of like what you post that's not even necessarily like super wedding related per se, it could be or it could not be, is all a way to like build your brand and communicate, hey, this is what I think is pretty. This is where I want to go. This is what I think is cool. And that's going to attract the people that think the same thing. Yeah. yeah and then great. building off of that too, I was going to say like, just as far as like posting your own work, like posting the work that if it, it like, say you shoot a wedding that it was beautiful, but you may never want to shoot say it's a beach wedding, but you don't like shooting on the beach. Don't share that wedding to your Instagram because once you share it, you're going to attract those types of people and those clients who are like, Mm -hmm. oh, she shot on the beach. That was so beautiful. I want to hire her for my beach wedding. But if you don't want to do that, maybe don't share it on your Instagram. Maybe if you only like shooting in the mountains and stuff, only share that because what what you post is like what you're going to attract. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, That's good advice for like even even brides or even uh, photographers that – don't necessarily care about shooting like destination weddings, but like want to shoot a specific type of wedding or um, work with a specific type of client that has a specific type of style or whatever. Like that's good advice just in general, I would say, because what what you post is what you're going to, like what you put out there is what you're going to get. And we say that all the time. So, mm-hmm. And if you don't have like work that mimics what you want to book more of or – you know, draw the attention of those potential clients. Mm-hmm. Um, not to overhype equipped creatives, guys, but they have <laughs> workshops and hey, yeah. that's where you can build your portfolio. And, you know, when yeah. you see somebody launch a workshop, tap through their mood boards and see see what you're attracted to. So if you're like, I really want to book more in the in the West, in the desert, like this would be a great workshop to come to. Yeah. Or say that you want to book like really high-end luxury stuff. Maybe you'd want to look into like a city photographer that's putting on something with champagne towers and like black tuxes yeah. and flash and whatever. So like whatever you're wanting to attract more of, if you don't have those weddings booking you, you can either go set up that shoot yourself or pay for a workshop, pay for a content day. Yeah. And um, – It'll definitely make its money back for sure. Yeah. Thanks for that little plug. It is true though. <laughs> that's why we do it. I mean, that's exactly. why we do it. We we want like people to come and shoot our style shoots so that they can it, it can help grow their business and and push it in the direction that they want it to grow in. That's totally the heart behind what we're doing. So mm-hmm. that's great advice. And even what you were saying, just little tips about like, you know, sharing what you are posting on Pinterest. And um, Hannah, I remember uh, on a on a live that we did with you on Equipped Creatives a few months back, you had a great idea about like making reels with those contents. And you can even say like, okay, these photos were taken from Pinterest, whatever, but like locations that you want to shoot at and posting your dream like destination locations that you want to shoot at and saying like, if you book one of these, there's like a discount or whatever. So just finding ways to just communicate to your ideal client or your idea, ideal destination spot, whatever, however you want to say it, like communicate to the people what it is that you want to be shooting. If you're not communicating that, how is anybody going to know that that's what the direction you want to move in, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, I definitely think that that's really good advice. I actually yeah. used that advice after the Instagram live and posted a reel and I got two Europe inquiries after Stop just posting right now. Yeah. No, you didn't know. Crazy, oh, she's I, living proof, baby. <laughs> so that's it, amazing. It's true. Yeah. It, it does work what you put out. And I was like, I wasn't expecting that, you know, because I feel like I don't really um, advertise. I mean, I advertise a lot of like Hawaii stuff and I travel throughout all the islands, um, but I'm wanting to do a little bit more stuff outside of Hawaii this year. So I was like, I'm just going to post it like – you know, just kind of in I some different it. areas I want to shoot. And then, yeah, I got inquiries after that. So it it definitely works. Oh my it's yes. true. Oh, my gosh. You would be shocked how often people, like, don't know you're willing to travel or, like, okay, for instance, yes. this one time I shot one of my husband's um, friends from the gym. Him and his girlfriend got, got engaged. But I shot the proposal. And I know for a fact, like, they did not know any of their photographers in Pensacola. Like, they loved their photos. They loved their experience with me. Like, it was, like, 
perfect. Okay. And we were like super, super close with them. So I went, I didn't know that I didn't check in. What's your wedding plan? Like whatever, you know, when somebody's freshly engaged, you don't want to pepper them with like, yeah, sure. Like, like mm-hmm. so I, I didn't know where that, what their plan had ended up for their wedding. They ended up eloping in Hawaii. And I, when I found out they were doing that, I reached out and I was like, Hey, do you guys need a wedding photographer? You know, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, what? We didn't know you traveled. Like we would have hired you, but like we were using the resort photographer. And I was like, Oh no. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I was like, to the heart. I feel like I was posting a lot. Like I felt like I was like, how do you not know? Like at that point I genuinely felt like I was posting a lot, but let me just tell you, I did not make that mistake again. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how inquiries <laughs> that people are shocked that, like, they don't know where I'm based, which I used to not have it in my bio where I was based because I wasn't trying to book Tennessee stuff. But mm-hmm. now I do have Florida in my bio. But I mean, I was on a call earlier today with a potential bride um, for an elopement, and she, like, the elopement's in Florida, and she knows that I live in Florida. But it's like eight hours away. And when I told her that, she's like, oh, shoot. Like, I am so sorry. I was like, it's fine. Like, I knew it was eight hours away. Like, yeah, it's yeah. not a big deal. Like, I'll drive down. She's like, are you sure? I was like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I was like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think just like, yeah, I feel like you can never like over communicate things of like expectations and stuff like that. And, like, for new brides that are just now, like, getting engaged and just now finding your page, like, they don't know what you've already posted. So stay consistent with that, I think, is another good tip. And just, yeah, like, be almost, like, be annoying about it almost on Instagram because, like, when you're – say be a broken record. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Be a broken record. Don't be afraid of that. And people don't know what they don't know. So just communicate with them in that way. We had to interrupt this podcast episode to tell you about our camera guide for all our photographer friends out there. Want to learn how to master your camera settings like a pro? Did you want to go into every shoot with 100% confidence with your camera settings? Or maybe you just wish that you could have a cheat sheet for camera or flash settings? Well, stress no more, friend. We got you covered. On our website, we have a camera guide with a bonus flash guide that includes the breakdown of camera settings, shooting tips, lighting and composition scenarios, and so much more. You can keep this handy digital guide with you at all times to use at your convenience to help you master your camera and flash. This guide is a 10-page PDF with photo samples, camera setting examples, lighting and composition tips and tricks, and light dragging settings for those trendy reception flash photos and more. Master your settings today and head over to Equipped Creatives shop at equippedcreatives.com shop to shop our camera settings guide with a bonus flash guide now. Okay. On to the next question. This is really getting into the nitty gritty, I feel like the meat and the potatoes of what a lot of travel destination wedding photographers get. I know Julie and I have gotten these questions before as well, and we've broken it down in our workshops, but I would love to hear from you guys um, about just the charging conversation of it all, like the pricing conversation. So how do you feel like is the best way to charge yourself for as a travel photographer? And do you find that you will kind of like what works better for you kind of having like one number that you give them up front, breaking it down for them? Tell, tell us a little bit into the insight of like how you guys operate when it comes to that. Yeah. So, um, for me, I have like three different packages that I send over and it like starts like six, eight and 10 hours and it has travel included for every package. Amazing. So it's just like a one sum, one sump, one <laughs> lump sum lump number, <laughs> <laughs> one just number. Um, and it's not like, oh, hey, it's going to be $6,000, but you're also going to have to pay $2,000 in travel. Right. Um, I have found just for me personally and like in the past and stuff because I used to charge travel extra and I just feel like it got just it became kind of a lot too because I'd be like oh hey like I'd send them an invoice for the Airbnb and invoice for the flight and it just kind of it felt like a lot a lot of moving parts and um I found that people I feel like are more ready to just kind of pull the trigger if it's one full number and you're like this isn't this is everything you don't have to pay mm-hmm. anything over this 
I yeah. will, you pay this and I'll be there kind of thing. So. Love it. Yeah. Keep it simple. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, yeah. So as far as like, so Sarah kind of, that's kind of basically what I do for my, my packages as well. So I want to touch on something a little bit different with pricing that I've actually just been experimenting with lately and I kind of really like it. So, so I'll talk about that because yeah, basically my packages are the six, eight and 10 hours and I do customize. So if I'm vibing with somebody that seems like they kind of want a longer day, like they maybe don't need a full 10, like I'll offer them a nine hour package. Um, and I always am clear when I first, you know, send somebody a response email to let, to let them know that if they don't see something in my packages that works for them to let me know. And like, I'm happy to customize a package. Um, and that's anything, and that's anywhere from like budget because a lot of my packages for destination stuff include a day before or after session. So if they have a smaller, a little bit of a smaller budget, I would make, I might be willing to like take that out, lower the price a little bit or, um, just whatever. Um, I have, I do have add-ons for film and um, second sh- a second shooter. Um, I don't include a second shooter for travel for destination weddings, just because I think yeah, I'm more nine times out of ten I'm going to travel with somebody. I'm going to travel with a friend. Yeah, but um, that could just be my husband, where I'm like I don't really feel the need to like. It might not be somebody that's going to shoot. And at the end of the day, I feel like I would need to make sure my second shooter's travel is covered, and that can get really hefty. I mean, that's really mm-hmm. going to make your package price go up a lot. So I, so this leads me to my next thing is kind of what I've been doing the last week, honestly, just like the last week or two. So yeah, something that I've been doing in the last week or two that seems to honestly be really effective. Um, like I said, it's kind of new, so I can't swear by it yet. But um, I noticed that I was getting ghosted a little bit when I would just send the packages. And, you know, I'm really personable in my email responses. I feel like um, – I take my time. I don't have just like a bunch of email templates that I'm sending over, which there's nothing wrong with email templates as long as you're customizing them per client. I think that's totally fine. And I do have them. I use them occasionally. But in general, like I genuinely take so much time on my email responses. So it's so hard to get ghosted. And I think it, I genuinely think it happens to everyone. Um, and I've heard for years, a lot of people say like, get on a phone call with them. And I, I don't know. I've been like, okay, yeah, like I do eventually. I typically will get on a phone call with them. Like I'll offer it, but it's not like, when are you free? And the last week or so, rather than just like send over my packages right away, I pretty much, you know, I respond to their email in full like I would, but rather than put like a little, a little paragraph that says, I'm attaching my pricing. Please let me know if you have any questions. I'm happy to customize the package if you don't see something that you like, whatever. Rather than have that paragraph, I've been saying, I'd love to hop on a call and kind of chat about your needs, what you're looking for, get to know you a little bit better. And I can send over some pricing from there. So let me know what day you have this week um, that you're free. And then I'll usually give them some of my availability right then and there and be like, I'm free today, free tomorrow or whatever, you know. And I, I, I like it a little bit better. I just think getting on a call with them and like talking to them, getting to know them a little bit first, letting them hear your voice has been helpful. So um yeah, I haven't fully booked it yet, but I, I did this method with a couple um, for a wedding in Anguilla, which is like a cool little island in the Caribbean. It just really seemed to, you know, help help me feel like I got to know them, helped me custom like kind of build their package a little bit based off of what they wanted because they were like, yeah, we for sure do want rehearsal dinner coverage. And, you know, we do want film. So I was able to just kind of like build that all in and then send it over and just kind of like adjust expectations a little bit first. I straight up ask them on the call, be like, do you guys have a budget you're working with? So I think it just is helpful um, to not get, to just at least, you know, get the conversation going before you're like, bam, $7,000. <laughs> like, whatever your price like, yeah, making that connection, I feel yeah. like is makes like all the difference in the world just to actually have that phone call and like hear what they want as well. Because with traveling, like you're like you guys have been saying, like I think there's a lot of moving parts to it. Like, um, not only the, you know wanting to capture the wedding day, but also potentially like wanting a shoot the next day or like um the rehearsal dinner. And I feel like that, that for me when I get travel inquiries, like that is yeah. a big thing that. I get it's usually a lot of different things. So I think that's where a lot of people might find problems yeah. with trying to price it out because there's so many moving parts. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I've I've done it twice yeah, so yeah, far. Yeah. Like genuinely with two different brides, I just said, hey, let's get on a call. And both of them responded back within like an hour and said, yeah, let's do it. Like let's – I can talk today. So – and I think people will usually – they'll usually be down to chat right away because they're mm-hmm. usually wanting to get the ball rolling on their day. And I don't know. I think sometimes it's just 
when you send somebody all these packages, they feel like they need to look over it with their spouse. And like, and it's not that they still won't need to do that. I just, like you said, the personal connection aspect is just so, um, so important. So I'm kind of giving that a shot, but I'll keep you guys posted. Yeah. Would love to hear. Yeah, definitely. We, we want an update on how that goes, but I think like into Julia's point too, like I just feel that client experience is something that allows you to be able to raise your prices and charge more because that really is half of what what it is that we are hired for. It's to give a great client mm-hmm. experience and to capture the day in the way that um, is going to best fit their needs. And when you come, when you have that extra time to hop on a call, it is building your client experience. And I think even just to your point, Hannah, of just kind of switching it up, your workflow in the back end of things and seeing kind of playing around and see, you know, what sticks, what doesn't. I feel like that's a good tip to take away for any business owner. Sometimes it's just good to switch up your methods if something isn't working or you want to kind of see a change or a shift in one area or another. Just switch up your process and your workflow a little bit. Don't be afraid to do that because I think that sometimes we can get stale in the way that we do things and then we kind of become like a robot with how we respond to people and emails and all of that. And I like that you're kind of switching it up. I think even that little nugget of advice is good for people to kind of take away from this episode too. Yeah. Um, I also would love to just kind of switch gears a little bit too and chat a little bit about um, like the the actual nitty gritty of traveling. So when you guys are actually at the location. Um, so how do you guys scout out your locations to shoot? Is that something that you do once you guys actually get to your destination? Or do you guys do that beforehand, like on Google Maps or something? I know there's like a million different ways that you could do it. I, at least for me, I do a little bit of both. Um, I like to see it in person, but sometimes it's hard to to do that because especially if you're flying somewhere, and you, I mean, you don't necessarily want to fly in an extra day early to have to pay for an extra night stay, extra day rental car and stuff just to be able to like location scout. But typically, like if I can fly in the morning of the day before the shoot or the wedding, then I can spend some time later that day scouting around um we're also just typing in the location on instagram and seeing what other people have posted to their stories and just in general is very helpful um it gives a more realistic idea of what it actually looks like versus looking it up on google or using google maps but also google maps is really helpful for like hiking and finding like landmark type of places yeah. Um, no, that's helpful. That's good advice. Yeah. So I have like a few um, different ways that I do it. So um, one thing I found with Greece was I found a lot of travel bloggers will actually share exact coordinates for stuff. So for instance, like Santorini has a lot of like, n- you know, notable places, um, just specific little photo spots and stuff. And once I got to Santorini and I saw it in person, I was able to like kind of chill out a little bit and be like, okay, everything's in a 10-minute walk like pretty much besides like a few things that are outside of the main city of Ia. So um, the day before the wedding that I shot there, we just walked the streets and um, there was just one spot that I really was like, I've seen this in everybody's wedding photos. It's not here though. Like I'm not seeing it where I thought it would be. And I hadn't seen it on any travel blogs or anything because it's it's more of like a wedding photographer spot. It's less of like a travel blogger spot. But anyways, so me and Sarah literally just like were sitting in the hot tub the night before the wedding. We were like, we got to find this spot. So we – I'm not – literally, I got to give credit to Sarah for this one though because we were just like looking. We were looking at it in photos and we're like, okay, there's a big – hill next to it and there's this and this and we were like putting all the pieces together and she found it on google earth so fast so typically like if there's a spot that you just can't find look for landmarks near it look for things and then go into google earth so blog recording it's that like sarah said instagram just looking at um the tags and like just seeing different angles of places like i went to Kauai and actually messaged julia because she's a queen not a gatekeeper mm-hmm. <laughs> and not to say not to say not sharing exact locations is gatekeeping but it was so nice that she was like turn left here and go right there and then stop at the hill and go you exactly because like, so mm-hmm. nice. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, out here it's so funny like literally there'll be people will just be like yeah so this location is at this palm tree 
and then you and then the Google Maps will like take you to the end of a road and then you're at the ocean. So it's crazy. It is, yeah, it's, it's funny. Like, so I asked Julia for like tips on um, Waimea Canyon and she was she gave me like super great advice. So just asking other photographers that are maybe local to where you're going. Here's the thing though I will say. Some of them might not respond. Some of them might be offended or upset, honestly, at you for even asking. I think sometimes there's, you know, some people just don't really want to share the spot <laughs> that they've taken the time to go location scout and find. But here's the thing. It's going to take you a long time to hike the whole world. So sometimes you just got to have a little extra help when you're going places. <laughs> like, yeah, you can get there the day oh, before and scout. Like, walk around. But, you know, at a certain point, you're going to have to do some research beforehand. You're going to have to Google it. Get on blogs. There are a wealth of people that are traveling and finding cool spots, and a lot of them are making blog posts about it. So, yep, yeah. And one other thing I was gonna say is like if you're traveling somewhere and your couple like to shoot a wedding or session, whatever. But if your couple is from there and lives there, like sometimes I'll just ask them, like, do you know of any cool spots or do you have any locations in mind? And then I'll obviously you can't always. I mean, they don't see it from like a photo perspective yeah they may say something's cool but it's just it wouldn't really work but like do the research on it and see like it's location they give you could work or not if they're familiar with the area no that's a good tip too I think that was something that I was always like nervous to ask for some reason (laughs) um when I would travel Mm. because I would be like is that like unprofessional I've, I've never heard to that ask? Yeah, it's like, no, no, I, like they literally yeah. live there and they're going to know all the great spots and they probably might have a spot that's like meaningful to them too, which makes the shoot even better mm-hmm. anyways. So uh, that's yeah. good advice. And you can drive the streets of like literally anywhere on Google Earth. Before I went to the Amalfi Coast, I'm not kidding when I say I probably sat on Google Earth for like three hours and just clicked forward, <laughs> forward, right. forward. And I was actually kind of upset with myself because after I did it, I was like, I feel like I've been there. Obviously not the same, but I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding when I say I drove every curve of the Amalfi Coast, like from like Amalfi to Pocentano. And yeah. So I mean, that was a way like, and you can like save spots on Google Earth. So literally like my whole Google Earth is just like, gate location, Amalfi Coast, like car location, like overlook. Like it's just like all these things that I saved. And I honestly didn't even really use them. Half the time I just get places and I'm like, the lighting is best here. Let's stop. Let's shoot. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, so like, you know, like Sarah said, that it's definitely a mixture of of both. Um, And I would say if it's anywhere like international, you're probably going to be there a day before anyway. So just a lot of time to scout. Um, Do you guys ever feel like or do you guys ever face that like travel anxiety or like the burnout? I know we talked about this earlier, but I just wanted to like talk uh-huh. about it for a minute. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just to like, we're being real here. We want to show the real side oh, yeah. of things. Well, back in the fall, I was like, oh my goodness, I was going like every week. I mean, I was, yeah, we had just yeah. moved to Florida. And I, two days after we moved here, I was gone with Hannah. We went up to uh, Martha's Vineyard because she had a wedding. And we were gone for like four days. I got home for one day and then I was gone for three and a half weeks. And it was a lot. It was really fun. And yeah, it was fun. It was good, but it was a lot. When the fall was over, I was like, okay, I need a break. (laughs) I need to not get on a plane for at least six months. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it can be like addicting too to like to travel. Like, I don't know about you guys, but it's like. I was going to say, if me and Hannah both go, like, an extended period of time without traveling, we get, like, itchy for, like... That's how I am. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do. I mean, I do love traveling. I feel like from the beginning, like I said, I've never traveled quite as back-to-back as Sarah. I think I've definitely had periods that were busy and, like, I was gone back-to-back weekends or something like that. Um, yeah. I don't think I've ever had a lot of crazy travel burnout because I genuinely yeah. feel like most of my trips have been like oh, – that's real. <laughs> you know, a pretty good distance apart. Um, the one time I would say it was like I did Cancun slash Tulum like two, like a week or two apart in the spring of last year and then like Greece and Italy were only two weeks apart. But I genuinely feel like I just get excited and I'm like I know it's coming. I mentally prepare myself. Yeah. And I also am really good about giving myself like – 
a week, if, like three, probably three to five days before a trip, I don't book anything. I don't book shoots. I know that I want that time to like go to Target for toiletries and like pack and like get ready. In general, I just try not to like plan anything crazy um, like right before a trip so that I have the time, like that quit time to plan and all that. We had to interrupt this podcast episode to tell you about one of our favorite companies as a photographer, Pixaloo. Pixaloo has some amazing tools to help photographers' lives so much easier. They have the most stunning client gallery delivery setup, Smart Slides, which offers beautiful and seamless slideshows you can put together in just a few minutes for your clients, and my personal favorite tool, Smart Albums. Smart Albums is the easiest way to create custom layouts for your clients' photo albums. They have changed the game when it comes to album design, and I truly would not want to offer client albums unless... I had access to Smart Albums. Smart Albums has a feature to automatically design the layouts of an album for you, or you can effortlessly create a custom layout by dragging and dropping photos right where you want them. It used to take me hours to design a wedding album, but ever since I got Smart Albums, it takes me no time at all. I can literally design a whole book within just a few minutes. One of the best features in Smart Albums is that it allows you to send your digital album designs to your clients with their cloud-proofing feature, so your clients can see what the inside of their album will look like before it goes to print. This is great because clients can make notes on each page that they want to make adjustments to, making communication with your clients so easy and satisfaction guaranteed. If you want to try any of Pixie Lou's amazing tools to make your photography business thrive, use our discount code EQUIPPED15 at checkout for 15% off of your purchase or renewal of your subscription with Pixie Lou. Discount information can also be found in our show notes. I know that you two have so much amazing experience when it comes to travel and uh, destination wedding photography, and I know that you guys created a guide to help photographers, but tell us a little bit about your guide and why it's important for um, somebody that wants to learn more about wedding destination photography. Yeah, so (laughs) (laughs) we love the awkward pauses. (laughs) Like, you go first. (laughs) Uh, basically, mm-hmm. the guide, it just genuinely breaks down everything as far as booking destination weddings and how to plan them to how to help plan help. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> how to help your couple plan for these destination weddings and elopements, because once you've done a few of them, you kind of you just know how to plan them. Honestly, like you can help them choose locations based on the style and the vibe that they're looking for um, based on how many people are coming with them, if it's a true elopement or if it's an actual wedding. So yeah, and it just, it breaks down how to get inquiries. And once you get the inquiry, the next step from there, how to respond in an email to get that inquiry to a booking. Um, And then from there, how to help them plan um, and stuff like that. So it's very, very beneficial, honestly, if something like this had existed when I was getting into destination destination weddings, I would have 100% bought it. And I'm not just saying that because this is something that we created and sell, but it genuinely is so helpful because Hannah and I both, at least I'm speaking for both of us, um, but we learned from trial and error. I feel like everything that we have gone through um there wasn't really a class or anything we took on how to book and plan destination weddings and elopements it was just what worked for us and what didn't work for us so we've quite literally been through it all but this is something that's just like super useful um for anyone trying to get into it when we first had that dream to travel the world as a wedding photographer I just feel like we saw it being done but we didn't have anybody tell us like how to get there. And so I definitely wonder how much faster we could have started booking if we had known that like staying consistent was the key because like Sarah even said earlier when she was like, I got the Spain inquiry and it didn't work out, but like I was so excited to even get it. I remember the same feelings of like getting those just like a few inquiries here and there and genuinely feeling like, I remember having the thought like, wow, just getting that inquiry. I don't even need to go there. Like that is just flattering enough to get the inquiry. Like this feels like monumental for me. And so, um, I mean, obviously after one of one or two of those, I was like, okay, I'd like to actually go now, but <laughs> um, I can actually book it. But it definitely was such a cool feeling in the beginning. There wasn't any data out there to really like um 
gauge why I was getting those inquiries or what was effective. And so um, once I started getting inquiries from like a few specific things, like I posted a photo of Greece and was like, who wants to elope here? And then somebody I did not even know was considering eloping slid into my DMs and said, wait, like actually me and my fiance are thinking about it. Like once I started seeing like tangible things like working, I was like, wow, um, okay, that was effective. And I just started like making mental notes. And that's all stuff that we put in the guide. So like exact instances of how we got an inquiry from doing what. Like I've gotten inquiries from putting my travel schedule in my bio and then sharing my bio to my story. Like whatever, like whatever ways we've booked, we have that included in the guide. And then um, also a big way to, you know, once you get that inquiry to book is to be able to, like we said, communicate confidence. And a way to communicate confidence is by saying, hey, I can help you. I can help you plan. I've done this. I like, I've been there, done that, you know, like that goes a long way with a potential client because they're more than likely they have this little dream. That's, you know, the TikTok audio right now, I've had this dream since yesterday and I'm not giving up on it. Now. Like it's like, they probably are just starting to consider this themselves. Like maybe they are planning a local wedding and they're like, eh, screw it, let's elope. And so maybe they're in the thick of it too. And they don't really know how to plan. So if you can come to them with that confidence, be like, I got you, you know, that's going to go a long way. But if you don't, have that if you don't know how to get how to gotch <laughs> I can't even speak you don't know how if you don't know how to essentially be like I got you because you don't know like that's kind of the stuff we include in the guide is like that's where the making them plan comes into play because we kind of explain like these are the these are your first steps that you need to take to ask them questions about you know why they're choosing this location what's sentimental about it what's their vision, or if they don't have a location, help them narrow down where they want to do it. Um, so kind of just like every step of the way from like how to get the inquiry to how to be there doing it with like shooting it and experiencing it with them. No, I love that. And you guys have given such great free information today on this episode, but I know that that guide is jam-packed with way more than we could have ever covered in an hour episode. And an amazing part about having a guide is you have it forever. When you buy that, you can always go back to it, always refer to it. And I know that you guys really get specific with your examples in the guide. So if you liked everything that you heard today, you guys need to go check them out. Where can people find this guide for you guys? And also just tell us your plugs for like social media, all the things like plug yourself here. We want people to be able to find you. Finger guns, baby. We're back at it again. Um, <laughs> always trying to figure out who to go first. Um, okay. So yes, I'm Hannah at Hannah Lee's photo. Um, is my Instagram and then the same for TikTok at Hannah Lee's photo. I'm in my TikTok era. So you guys want to give me a follow. I really appreciate it. Um, <laughs> and then um, the guide is in both of our link trees. Um, Sarah can elaborate more on that too, but it's in my link tree. It says guide to booking and planning destination weddings. You tap on it. It'll just take you right to the link where you can buy it. And um, if you ever if you buy the guide and you have any questions, just feel free to DM us or you know, we're always, we're always here. So. Yeah. And then my Instagram is photos by Sarah Marie. TikTok is also the same. And yeah, it's just in the, the link tree is the link in our bio on Instagram. Um, but yeah, it'll just lays it out right there. And if you have any questions, just hit it. Thanks for listening to the Equipped Creatives Podcast. For more education, go to www.equippedcreatives.com.